like to read the same passage in our English Bibles, Psalm 65. Uh, let's read verses 1 through 13. Praise is waiting, you, O God, in Zion. To you the vow shall be performed. O you who hear prayer, to you all flesh will come. Iniquities prevail against me. As for our transgressions, you will provide atonement for them. Blessed is the man you choose and cause to approach you, that he may dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, of your holy temple. By awesome deeds and righteousness, you will answer us, O God of our salvation. You who are the confidence of all the ends of the earth and of the far off seas, who established the mountains in his strength, being clothed with power, you will still the noise of the seas, the noise of their waves, and the tumult of the peoples. They also who dwell in the furthest parts are afraid of your signs. You make the outgoings of the morning and evening rejoice. You visit the earth and water it. This is our focus. Verses 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. You visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain, for so you have prepared it. You water its ridges abundantly. You settle its furrows. You make it soft with showers. You bless its growth. You crown the year with your goodness. Your paths drip with abundance. They drop on the pastures of the wilderness. And the little hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys are also covered with grain. They shout for joy and they also sing. So yeah, this is a song of the harvest. Normally, in the time of Israel, in the time of the people of God then, they would have regular times where they would have times of thanksgiving. Thanking God for the harvest. And that's what we see here. Right? The crops are harvested. The food is on the table. The food is on the table back there too. It's time of thanksgiving. And God's people are in his house giving thanks to the Lord. Now if you look at this psalm, you see very carefully that the first part of the psalm, verses 1, 2, 3, and 4, really focuses on the fact that God has pardoned them. He has forgiven them and he's brought them near into his house so that they can have fellowship with him. They're rejoicing in God because of what he has done for them. That's pardon. And then you go to verses 5, 6, 7, and 8. They sing about the power of God and how all the ends of the earth can find confidence in this God, the true and living God. And then it ends and concludes with provision. Right? How the Lord provides for his people. How he provides in all of creation. So you see the pardon, you see the power, and the provision. We're going to focus on that. Verses 9 through 13 this afternoon. And you see a beautiful picture. When you put all this together, verses 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, it's a picture of what? Abundance. Right? Abundance. The earth, the creation is 
is dripping with abundance. God wants to show himself very rich toward us. Very good toward us. And that's the reason for giving thanks. The reason for giving thanks in song is because he is God. The Lord is God. Remember when God created the heavens and the earth? How many days did he create it in? Six days. It was a beautiful garden. No famines. No tsunamis. No catastrophes. There was nothing wrong in the whole creation. God was happy. He was very happy. He delighted in his creation that he made. He created it. How did he create it? By the word of his by the word of his mouth. He simply spoke, and it was in the space of six days. How long is a day? 24 hours. Right? You see the power of God. And then God created it for man, for us to enjoy. And what did man do? What did our first parents do? They stuck up their nose against God. They disobeyed God. And they forfeited the creation, the garden. And what did man bring upon himself? Terrible things. Because of his sin, because he disobeyed God, he brought upon himself all kinds of diseases. Sin brought that. It's our first parents, right? And we sin in our first parents, right? Diseases came upon us. Sickness came upon us. Famines came into the world. Tsunamis and hurricanes and catastrophes of all kinds. We brought that upon ourselves. We don't deserve a single thing. As a matter of fact, we deserve the opposite because we broke that connection with God. And now, what does God do? God says, you know, I want to restore a people to myself. And he shows his goodness in the creation still. He shows who he is, his goodness, his richness, his, his kindness, his benevolence in the creation all around us. We don't deserve anything because we broke the law. We disobeyed God. We brought everything that we deserve upon ourselves as bad. But God comes to us. And this is what Israel's celebrating. You see something of the newness. You see something of the goodness of God. And that's what we focus on this afternoon. Um, because of God's goodness. Because in his goodness, he wants to point us to Jesus. That's what he does here. In the goodness that he gives us, we don't deserve the goodness. But in all the goodness he gives to us, God says, this is my witness to you. That I want you to go to Jesus and that's where you're going to find the real blessing. But look at how beautiful the song is. If you look at verse 9, it gives a beautiful summary. They're singing a song. What are they singing? You visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain for so you have prepared it. You see that? It's all you, you, 
you, you, all the way, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. It's all focused on God. Notice the first thing he does? He visits the earth. You see the great power of God. You see his goodness toward you. The gardener. There you see the gardener again. Watering the earth. Enriching it. Preparing the soil. Providing the grain. That's what we see in verse 9. It's all there. And so mom or dad prepares the rotis. Mom or dad prepares the bread. But you know what? God prepared it long before. They, long before you touched the flower. He prepared it way before. He was preparing it already in the earth. You know where your wealth lies in terms of the creation? Your wealth lies in the harvest of the fields. It's really true. There's a saying that says, the farmers feed the cities. <laughs> because that's, that's where God provides the wealth. In the, in the food, in the crops, in the fields. Without it, without the fields, gold would have no value. There would be no value to gold. There would be no harvest. There would be no fortinos. There would be no no frills. There would be no no food basics. There would be no food. There would be no life. And here in verse 9, you see or you hear about the river of God. What is the river of God? Those are the stores. We talk about stores. Those are the stores of water that God has uh, coming from the clouds in the sky. They're all coming from the heavens. The stores of water. That's the river of God. And the keys to those huge stores of water, those keys, you could say, are in his hands. He decides whether he opens it and lets the rain fall down. He decides whether he closes the clouds so, that's, so that there's famine. It's up to the Lord. But here Israel is celebrating because the food has been harvested. The Lord has opened the key to the storehouses of water above and opened it and the water has come down. And if you look at verses 10, 11, 12, 13, you see all the details. Look at it again. You, you, you. It's all the sources, God. You water its ridges abundantly. You settle its furrows. You make it soft with showers. You bless its growth. Look at verse 11. You crown the year with your goodness. Your paths drip with abundance. They drop on the pastures of the wilderness. The pastures are clothed with flocks. And the valleys are covered with grain. Beautiful, beautiful words. Those three things. Look at verse 10. It talks about the waters of God. You know the farmer... We have to thank God for farmers. Because if there was no crops, we would not be here. We would not have our businesses. We would not have our cities. But you see, the Lord is the great farmer. He's the great gardener. And those whom he calls to be farmers, what do they do? They turn the soil. 
They break up the soil so that it's ready for planting. When famine comes, what happens? When famine comes, it turns the clods of dirt into hard, hard steel, hard, hard iron. Right? That's what happens when famine comes. The brooks dry up, the seed never sprouts. And the seed doesn't sprout, no food, no life. But it's God showers. When he takes the key and opens up the clouds, it's his goodness to us. The showers make the soil soft. And when the soil becomes soft, the seed sprouts and he blesses it with growth. God opens his stores of water. And that really shows our dependence upon him, doesn't it? Our dependence upon the Lord. You know what? No farmer can provide rain for his crops. Can any scientist make rain? No. No scientist can make rain. Who's the only one who can give rain? God. Only God alone. He has the key and He determines, He chooses where the famines are and where the luscious gardens are. Right? It's the Lord. He waters. What else does he do? He not only waters, he crowns. Look at verse 11 and 12. This pictures the harvest. Harvest? It's ripe. It's full. It's ready. It's ready to be eaten. You think about the word crown. What do you think of? When you think of crown, what do you think of? King. Right? So the harvest, when it's ready... It's like the coronation. God places a crown on it. He is so full of goodness. So full of bounty. And he gives it to us who? Who turn against him? Wow. He's so good. He's so full. He's so rich. That we get angry and we turn against him. We sometimes don't believe in him. We sometimes go our own way. And he continues to be so good to us. The crown. What color is the crown? Gold. And what's gold? The grain is gold when it's ready. What else is gold? The ears of corn. They're gold when they're ready. Pumpkins. Can we say they're orange? But we can also say they're a little bit gold when they're ready. Okay. What is the crown? The crown is God's goodness. Yes. Notice what verse 11 and 12 say. The paths. If you look at that verse there. You crown your, the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. Now, usually when we make a path, we walk. And wherever we walk, can things grow from those paths? No. But when the Lord makes the path, He's visiting and where he walks, where he visits, it's the opposite. The ground drips with abundance. That's the blessing of him visiting the creation by watering the creation. Even in the wilderness. Right? So he waters it 
He crowns it. And did you ever, ever go into the, into the grain field when it's ready or into a corn field when it's ready, when it's ready to be harvested? It's beautiful. When you see the wind blowing over the grain field, the grain goes like this. Right? And same with the corn that rustles. But what does verse 12 say? If you look at verse 12, or verse 13 actually, the pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys are also covered with grain. God waters, God crowns, God clothes. What do we do with clothes? We cover ourselves. What does God do in the fields and on the hills? He clothes them. He clothes them with the flocks. Flocks of what? Goats and cattle and sheep. They're always moving around. He clothes the, the valleys, the hills with what? Grain. And it's wavering in, this, in the wind. Right? Waving, grazing. What do clothes do? They beautify. It's beautiful. God's clouds like ravens, right? When the rain comes, he shows us that he gives us both bread and meat, right? Flocks are the meat and the grain is the bread. Now, we see God's goodness, right? You, Lord, you do this, you do that, you do this, you do this, you do this. And how does creation respond? What does creation do here? What do you see creation doing? What's it doing? It's singing. Right? It says here, it says here, the little hills rejoice. What do you do when you rejoice? You're clapping your hands, you're dancing, and you're singing. Boy, does mankind respond like that? Creation sings. And then you see it again. The last part of verse 13. What sh- it's the valleys of the pastors shout for joy. They sing. Now, of course, they don't sing like people sing. Right? We don't hear their voices per se. But, as the fields of grain wave in the wind, they seem to be smiling. And when they're smiling, they're showing their joy. They're showing their thanks. You could say they're singing to the Lord. When the cows are mooing on the hillsides and the birds are chirping in the trees, they're singing. They're responding the way that God wants them to. God loves it. God delights in the praises of his creation. He loves the singing of the creation. They're singing. What are they singing about? The goodness of God. The richness of God. And in their singing, what are they doing? What are they doing for us? They're giving witness. Who are they giving witness to? They're giving witness to God. To the Lord God who created the heavens and the earth. And who has given us so much for us to eat. The abundance points to God. But you know what God is doing here? And what Israel is doing here? They're saying, Lord, we, we hear the witness. We hear the witness in creation. 
All the witness of creation is singing to the Lord. And in that, in all the abundance that God has given to us, He points us to whom? Jesus. The Lord Jesus. Do we deserve God's goodness? No. We forfeited God's goodness to us in the Garden of Eden when our first parents disobeyed. And yet God continues to show us His goodness. Why? He shows us His goodness to lead us to Jesus. To Jesus who forgives our sins and gives new life to all who trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Earlier we talked about those keys, right? Those keys are the clouds. God opens them up and He has the power to close them. Again, we see God's goodness in opening up the huge doors of water. But you know what else? God wants to show us too that Christ is His key. Is His key to abundance, to life with God. It's the key that opens the door into His house. If you look at Psalm 65 earlier, we shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house. (laughs) Right? That's the key. The key is Jesus. That's what the witness of creation is all about. God wants to point us to Christ because God is calling us to delight in Him and to have rich fellowship with Him. In Jesus, God visits us. He's the resurrection and the life. He's the answer You know, we talk about famine and you think about the life of man and woman. You think of his heart. It's parched. It's dry. There's there's so much sadness. There's so much thirst. And people are looking for, for water everywhere in the creation. But they can't find it. Do you want the rains? Do you want the rains for your life? Where do we find the rains? In Jesus. That's that's the only place we're going to find it. The only way the showers of blessings will come upon us is through believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. The rains will fall. When we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, the rains will fall. And when the rains fall, He softens our hearts. He gives life. And our lives begin to sprout. And it begins to be full and rich. Because Jesus is so rich. What is he? He's the water of life. He's a never-ending fountain. If you look at these verses again, look at all the references to water. Look at verse 9. You visit the earth and water it. Verse 9. The river of God is full of water. Verse 10, you water its ridges. Verse 10 again, you make it soft with showers. Right? Your path drip. There's a sense of water there too, dripping. And again, verse 12, they drop. Right? Um, just full, full of references to water. All those references to water in the creation, all the abundance that we receive because of that water is God's way of showing us There's greater water. There's greater abundance. And that's in Christ.
Remember when Paul went to the people in uh, Lystra? And what happened there? In Lystra, people were worshipping idols. They were worshipping other gods. And Paul says, you're not going to find life in those gods. There's no rain there. And what does Paul do? He points to the creation. He says, God has given us rains from heaven. He's given us fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. And then Paul says, look at the witness of God. Now turn from your idols. Turn away from them. And turn to Christ. He's the only one. That's what the witness of creation points to. To the true and living God who has revealed himself in Jesus Christ. That's the point. That's where God brings us. That's where God wants to lead us. That's the song of the harvest. And when we know Jesus in this way, the song is all the richer, all the more beautiful. And the song will be like this because it's so full, so beautiful that we can sing it as Israel sang it back then in that day. Verses 9 through 13. Have a blessed Thanksgiving.